Welcome to the Rage Quit Wire. We're going to be talking about some Masons today. And some Lady Brick. And some Lady Brick. So what do you, what do we want to get started with today? So this is going to be our Masons episode. We're working our way through the guilds, and we got a special surprise at the end of this. You want to share what that is? We, we've got a special celebrity guest. We've got celebs coming on the show now. We're almost legit. Well, and... and Someone that I think is a front runner to win the last trance qualifier at SteamCon. I think so too. Yeah, so guy's got some impressive, uh, impressive stats. Yes, he does. So let's talk about this. We want to go through every guild just like we promised you, and part of doing that is hitting the guilds that we might be a little bit more mediocre at playing. That we're learning a little bit more. And in this case, we are going to talk about the Masons, and the reason why we have a special guest on is because we want to have someone that we consider to be an expert Masons player to give you guys some breakdowns. Yeah, so we're looking at really quick just, we got SteamCon coming up, and we have one of the people in the Last Chance Qualifier, we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, so it's going to be Nationals, Worlds, or sorry, the Last Chance Qualifier, Nationals, and World Tournament this weekend, and they're streaming it all so if you're interested in competitive play, I would recommend checking it out. And Chris and I have a lot of knowledge about the Masons, especially with the fluff and some of the ways they play. But Chris and I did a battle report here. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. The Masons actually... It wasn't... It wasn't we're not pros, though. We're, we're not. We made and, some mistakes. <laughs> but one thing that most people don't know is the Masons are actually my first guild. So as much oh. as I'm a guy that loves the Butchers... The Masons it's like a dirty secret. are where I started, yeah. So I, you want to kind of speak like what got you into the Masons and what you liked, but what were some hang-ups that you had? Sure. So the thing that I liked the most is that they had two sexy ladies in the starter box. Mm-hmm. That's really the key. Um, in that first starter box, oh, the one that gosh. only had three models, it was Honor and Harmony, and I thought the twins were cool. And I like the aesthetic of the models, and I like that they had a jack-of-all-trades nature. And then very quickly, I realized this isn't going to work with for me because I want to bash people in the face with cleavers. And so, there are certain matchups that they can't bash into. Yeah, and so I, what I ended up feeling like was while they are a great jack-of-all-trades type of guild, they aren't excellent in any one area and what i wanted as a melee heavy type of player is i wanted somebody that was going to or a team that was going to be great in melee and so that's the reason why i decided to shelve them but i still have my original models from way back when i bought them and that's the ones that we broke out today so what i like about the masons is they are very flexible like no matter what somebody drops on the other end of the table they have some answers too. Like they can go controlling, they can go goal scoring, they can go melee. So really, whatever you need to go against, you can go the polar opposite with this team just because of how flexible they are. Or you can also go into what their strengths are and be reasonable. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to advocate, and I, you and I might disagree on this, and we'll see what our special guest thinks, but. I'm not somebody that is going to go full bore melee into one of the melee heavy teams, but they can hold their own. Yeah. So looking at it, 
we're not going to talk too much about SteamCon. I think we might do another episode of like, hey, what happened at SteamCon US? Definitely some breakdowns on those final games. Yep. So, so we're just going to go straight into this. We're going to keep it short, though, because we had a lot of good information with that interview. So looking at it, Chris, what would you say, first off, who's your favorite captain? We have Hammer. Oh, and Hammer. Hammer for sure. So what draws you to Hammer? I like that he can lay out some damage and he can also score with the best of them. Uh, with that 3-8 kick after he pulls some influence off of a nearby model. And so I like that he can he can play both games. See, and I like Honor just because I like how she can delete models. Like I've said to you before, I like the mini game of her and the monkey working together to either delete a model or you can use the sister activation to basically get some goals or even takeouts because her sister actually does some decent damage um, on the end of her playbook. And I think an interesting question that we got is we had Andrew, I guess it's Andrew Nye. Is that how you'd pronounce that? Nye? Yeah, yeah, sure. So he asked basically what's the best six for both captains. And I actually think they have a pretty similar best six. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the type of honor that gets taken, depending on which captain you have, becomes different. But You mean Ar- Harmony? Ar- Harmony, excuse me. Yeah, so you're going to bring one of the Harmonies. Obviously, Harmony 1 with Honor, Vet Harmony with um, Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially with our guest, he liked bringing Brick and the Monkey in both Captains. Yeah. So he goes single mascot, which is definitely viable because that counter charge, two of them, that's definitely good. I think both of them don't mind having Flint, and honestly, Mallet's also really good. Yeah, I I agree. Flint is one that I really like with both of them just because he's always a threat to score. Mm-hmm. Mallet and Brick are always strong no matter who you take. But we had to figure out who was right between us. And so we have a battle report that we did. We did. And so you brought? So, well, let's talk about what you brought because you believe that what comes in the kickoff box is the best Masons team that can be played. I definitely right? believe it's one of the best teams that you can build for masons if you don't know what the starter box is it's honor marbles brick flint harmony and mallet so you have mallet that kind of sets everything up you have the counter charge bubble going harmony and her sister or sorry honor and her sister harmony are doing their link thing they're sharing their family stats and then hey by the way you got this probably one of the best scores in the game flint yeah so I don't love Honor, as I've said. I think that I can't think of one time you would want to drop Honor. Um, I think you would never drop her unless somebody said... If I really needed the strongest possible scoring team, I would drop her. So you think she's a better scorer than Hammer? I think that the dual activations with her and Harmony are are a better opportunity. Okay. So what I did, though, was I said, you know what? We're going to figure this out and... I didn't want to play a mirror match, so... Well, we did the mirror match. You didn't want to do the same game. The the mirror match in the sense of, like, the same models. I wanted to change it up. So I went completely opposite, and I took Hammer, and everybody that Pete didn't take. So I took Chisel, I took Tower, I took Vet Harmony, I took Granite, which almost never sees the table, and I took Wrecker, obviously, as my mascot. So that's what we laid out. I did have one stipulation, and I said, we're playing the new deployment. Well, no, I asked you, because... Okay, well, uh, but there was no way that I was going to play this game with Granite without that new deployment, because she is so damn slow. Yeah, and I think 
that the new deployment definitely benefited your side more because obviously I didn't want to be engaged with you and that almost forced an engagement turn one actually did. Yep. And that started the pain train. So And so you put two models on that front line that you felt you had to. And so tell them about why you So, put- I mean, I felt like the only two models I could throw up there that might have a chance of surviving was Brick and the Monkey because the Monkey obviously wants the counter charge too. And it just, it was, it didn't feel good. I mean, maybe Flint should have been up there instead with the 4-1 defense. I don't know. Yeah, there, there definitely are some problems with putting them right in there immediately. Yeah. I tried to take advantage of it by making sure to engage Brick right away and blocking the line of sight from the monkey so the monkey couldn't get off a counter charge. Yeah, and that was another, that was one of the mistakes I made early as I should have put the monkey closer to you instead of brick. That way I had both of those counter charges live and not easily blocked. Yes. Um, so that was mistake one. Um, mistake two and three and four is my dice couldn't make passes. <laughs> I now, missed a few kicks. I, I think I got some grief when I blamed a loss on some dice roll. Now, but I'm going to give you that because I agree. I think the dice jammed I you up. I didn't blame it on the dice, though. I said <laughs> that was unfortunate and it didn't help. I, I will be magnanimous and give you the excuse of the dice because I agree. Your dice did. God, you're a real asshole. I, I, I'm super asshole. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Pete's dice jammed him up. And he it put me behind the eight ball. He definitely lost some models because of it early on. I took out Brick and Mallet, and I didn't really have a lot of threat to get a lot of models taken out. I did in the at the very end of turn two, I was able to get the ball. Pete hadn't scored yet, and I tried to score with Tower. Tower missed his kick, even though I bonus timed it. And so sometimes that's just the way it goes. It's true. And Pete got the ball back. But, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. If we got to the point where it was 8-zip, that's going to be a tough road to be able to score three goals before I get a goal or two takeouts. Well, I was going to say the problem is Hammer can take out things so quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's Masons on Mason because – they have so many vulnerable models that Hammer can take care of in one activation. Yep. Um, so that was That's tough. why he's the captain, yeah. man. So that was tough. Um, not going to lie. And I ended up getting six points out of it. Uh, I killed Lady Brick um, with Honor and the Monkey. I feel like maybe I should have switched that up and gone for Hammer. Even though he has tough hide, I, hey, I feel like that's... good pro- luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, That's I, my main man right there. I feel like that would have been a smarter decision just because I feel like... It, it would have been mattered more. It really didn't matter that I killed Granite. Well, the other thing is I feel like if you started swarming Hammer and taking all that tack off of him by the crowd outs, yeah. that he would have been able to do less. And so that, that probably did have a pretty big impact. But eventually... Yeah, so what was the final score of that one? It, we called it at 10 to 6. Well, it, it was going to be 12 to 6 because you had initiative and Hammer was going to kill somebody. Yeah, so so what eventually happened was Flint scored at the in turn 3. I was saying you got a kickback. And then I kicked it back 
and got it to Tower. Tower, and Tower was able to get the goal that he should have gotten all along. But this time I went to tap in range because that was some <laughs> bullshit. Got a screamer too. I did get a screamer, but that that hardly mattered. Yeah, I didn't at that point. So yeah, in the end, uh, we'll call it 10-6 or 12-6, however you want to look at it. Um, so looking at that, I think an interesting question is, because it did feel like, man, how do I stop this guy? What do you think is a team or a captain or somebody that really does a good job of stopping Hammer? Uh, I like the two-inch reach melee models. Okay, so you think two-inch? Yeah, I, I think that he's going to have a trouble going into a hardcore melee team. And that they're especially models that have things like either high results on their playbook to overcome that tough hide or anatomical precision to overcome the armor. See, because I, I, I think teams that are going to be bad for Hammer, I'm thinking almost like Morticians with that control game with Obulus or the Hunters with... That's true, too. I mean, I, you know, I agree with him to come towards Theron. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But the reason why I didn't choose those, obviously, is because I don't really play that style. And yeah. so when, I, when, when you ask me that, I have to put it through the lens of what would I take against them. And obviously, I'm going to take... A two melee team that's got two inch reach. I love uh, somebody like Tapper against him, Grange against him. Those guys that are able to engage him without him engaging back. And see, it's interesting though because, and we're gonna we already have this in the description when we put this, but our special celebrity guest was is Michael Klein, who's yep. one of the best Mason players you know in Much the United better States. Than us. <laughs> yes, way better than us. Uh, we'll we'll solve that question of whether or not he, Hammer or Honor is better. He actually likes Hammer into those melee teams. He said that he can stick around and he does some work. Okay, well we'll we'll ask him when he's once we get him on the show. Yep. So, so that was a question that was um, given to us actually by our buddy Rick. He was asking kind of like how do you deal with them? So I think a control player like if you if you're a control team, I think, and you're going against Hammer. You got the upper hand because you can control them and move them and do what you want. Uh, so definitely, definitely very interesting. So, and I think control teams are going to have some advantages against the Masons in general. They don't have really high defense. So Jared McGraw asked, and this is one of the uh, anatomical dudes. Yep. He said, "Why do you think that Masons had such a lackluster showing in Union and Chains?" I. Th- think a big part of it was that they didn't like that damn hat on that first model they showed you think so yeah i I actually do i think that a lot of masons players looked at that model and they were like eh, we don't care and then they got behind and said eh, now we really don't care so my theory is that i don't think i think when you look at the percentage of players i don't know if there's as many mason players as there are like brewer players i think there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of good competitive Mason players, but I think there's a lot more people that just casually like Brewers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think I, they got a bigger following. There's probably a couple elements. There are probably a lot of people that feel like the Masons don't need any more tools in their toolbox. They don't need another So model. some hate voting going yeah, on Yeah, some hate voting. And then there are probably a lot of people that think, yeah, I like the, I like the Brewers, and they could use a little bit more stuff, so let's do it. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I do think that a lot of people dislike that model for the Masons. I think a lot of people don't want them to have any more resources available to them because they already have such a flexible lineup. And I think that there are a lot of people that like the Brewers. So those are 
components and you can combine them any way to come up with an answer and maybe there's other things that we're not even considering but well i think another either way they lost i think another thing is also for new players it's easier to play brewers that's true and that's something that i felt when i was playing the masons for the first time is i wanted to take them because i felt like they'd be jack of all trades and be able to play into anything and that's true but as a new player i felt like they weren't good enough in any area to make me competitive or to be able to accomplish my goals and so i i had definitely had some frustrations with them and that's what contributed to the butcher man that i am today yeah and i think the last thing i want to ask as far as questions go is just the models that because we're going to talk a lot about strategy and we're going to talk a lot about this with um with our special guest michael yep does he go by michael or mike mike I yeah. just keep saying Michael. It's okay. a, it sounds official. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the last thing I want to focus on, though, because like I said, we got a lot of good info in there, is just those three main models that don't see competitive play. And I'm referring to Granite and Chisel specifically, but also Wrecker. So just real quick, because what, what do you think we need to do to get these models in sure. the game more? One, and we'll go over all of this with Michael when he comes on, but and we'll see what his opinions are, because his opinions on the Masons Could are more valuable than mine. I, that's but, for sure. Yeah, that, there's no yeah, doubt. But This butcher player over here talking about Masons. The ones that God. don't see competitive play very often, Wrecker's one of them. I actually think Wrecker's pretty good. He's good at bouncing models around and breaking them. I think some, especially with uh, Hammer. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Obviously, you want the monkey to be able to give honor some boosts. Yep. But Wrecker, I think, is totally reasonable. I don't think that he really needs a lot of things. I don't think he needs a buff. I just think that people need the right matchups for him. Uh, as far so as... what are those right matchups, real quick? Any time you need to be able to bounce models with that rollerball and you want to break up scrums, you want to break up auras, that sort of stuff, that's a perfect time to take Wrecker. And he can basically get a run for free because as soon as he declares that he's going to be using that ability, he automatically is able to go eight. So, and where I like Chisel, because I'll speak to her because I have some experience with her, is I think into a scoring team, especially if they have unpredictable movement with her two-inch reach and her tackle on two, I think she's good for getting the ball and retrieving it and getting it back to her scorers. Um Damage-wise, I think that's almost a pitfall with her because I think she'll kill herself. Um, this- yeah, there's there's a few things, and I'll, I'll mention this when we have our interview, but I feel like Chisel, one, has a really long playbook. She never wraps because of the way they've constructed that Excuse me, that crazy Well, ability. I think they did it because, I, I mean, if you look at it, she can have tack, what, nine? If she's like in a you know Christmas yeah, land scenario, painful rage at six, that's what I'm saying. But, so so here's what needs to happen: they need to shorten up that playbook probably by one. Column. I think one's a good number. They probably need to give her that painful rage sooner. She's not a very hardy model, and so if you get her down to six, she could just die right away. <laughs> she probably will die. And so maybe give her that painful rage as soon as she gets to ten or something like that. As soon as she cuts herself, she gets painful rage. I would love to see her have a knockdown, especially because she's carrying a big old hammer. Yeah, big ass hammer. And she has no knockdown whatsoever. 
And then the last thing that I was thinking about was maybe you give her something like Rising Anger. I think she's she, a model that fits with that theme. I think also she should be a 4-1 instead of a 3-1. Because she's kind of like a skinnier, nimble kind of looking model. Yeah. And I think she's skinny enough where it looks like she wouldn't have the extra armor. But I think she should have a higher defense. To be honest, I think of her a lot like, from a fluff perspective, a lot like Filet. Right? I wouldn't actually mind if we saw her as like... A five zero model. I think instead I think of a three one, she's, she's in the Masons though. I think she has to have the one. And, and I get it. So something like a four one is probably reasonable. But my point is, there are a few different areas that they can tweak her and make her a much more playable model. There are certain matchups that she goes great into. Right? We were talking the other day about how taking her against the engineers would be a good fit. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, they they don't have a ton of two-inch reach, so it would be great to be able to peel stuff off. And I also think somebody, somebody like the Alchemist would be a good matchup to not trigger that unpredictable movement on somebody like Midas and be able to peel the ball off of him. Those are some good options. So those are three that we'll make sure to ask Michael about and see what he has to say. All right, so welcome back. We're here. We're doing our interview with our very special celebrity guest, uh, Michael Klein. The Michael Klein. The Michael Klein. So those of you that don't know, Mike's a pretty good player. He likes to play mostly Masons, which is why I wanted to have him on this episode. And he's also ranked very highly in the world and in the U.S., so... He's going to give us a good competitive kind of look in on the Masons because Chris and I are kind of mediocre Masons, yeah. I think you'd say. Yeah, Medi- <laughs> strongly mediocre. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. So something we're going to start doing with our guests that we have on, Mike, is we want you to share a rage quit, kind of something that happened either to you or somebody that rage quit on you. So would you like to share your rage quit? Sure, sure, gladly. Um so one thing about me is I'm a, uh, uh, by, by trade, I am a psychologist. I am very, uh, very opposed to rage quitting myself, like as a kind of as a, a, a principle, I like to think of myself as pretty level-headed in my game. But yeah, even yeah. if I get frustrated, yeah, too much pride to rage quit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I, I'm very anti-rage quitting of myself. That said, I do have a good story about someone uh, rage quitting on me. This okay. was back in near the end of season two, uh, when I had first p- started playing, switched over to engineers, which was actually the guild I've been playing prior to Masons this year, uh, earlier in the year, and previously I had been playing engineers. But okay. so back in the end of season two, I playing Pinvice. Um, this is my fur one of my earlier big tournaments down in the Virginia area. I was playing uh, one of Bill Anderson's events. And round one, I uh, play against a player. I believe they were playing Butchers. Uh, hard to remember. The reason it was hard to remember, so we played this game. Uh, you know, Pinvice, as you know, scores goals when she receives and gets her legendary. Um, so I received the ball. I did the standard Pinvice things. Um, put second wind on Pinvice with uh, with Decimate, who is my union choice, and uh, you know score my first turn goal. Uh, I believe I had knee slider or, or something along the lines. Basically, the idea was at the end, you know, I scored the goal and then Pinvice returned basically to where she started um, <laughs> after the goal. 
my opponent, I guess, had not played against Pinvice. Um, and I'll keep it kind of anonymous, but he had already had has a reputation in his area of uh, of rage quitting when things don't go well for him and tilting very easily. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he saw that happen and immediately said, I lose the game, I quit, I'm done. That was ridiculous. Um, which it was only four to zero and <laughs> he had the ball and like it was just like a restart of the game. So I'm not sure quite sure I agree with him, but yeah, that was uh we played one round and that was it. Well I think when you play Pinvice you have to kind of admit that or kind of accept she's going to get a turn one goal if she's receiving. Oh uh, yeah, I mean certainly. I, I, I think it might have been the novelty um because I, I pulled off the same thing in a game against Bill and while he definitely he definitely didn't uh he definitely didn't rage quit uh, you know he took it a lot more uh more flexibly but uh but he was definitely also surprised so i think that was back when she was still a bit of a novelty so uh-huh. people weren't used to that level of what you can score from like 36 inches away so, so yeah in this rage quit story was there anything particularly funny that happened was there any throwing of anything or <laughs> storming out as he packed up and spilt his models or anything funny he like that? he did sorry he didn't just rage quit the game he actually also rage quit the tournament so he just went <laughs> home <laughs> he just left and this was and round came- one <laughs> It's round one. He came. He wasn't. Fr- he was. I think he was semi-local. Uh, so I think he went home and came back later in the day. He was just like, "I'm out. This is it. I'm. I'm through." Just heading home. Yep. Well, it's just. Was he? So when that when that match happened, was he relatively new to the game? It's a good question. Probably back at that time, I think a lot of people were a little more relatively uh, new. I know he was a. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I think new players get a little demoralized. You know when they give up a score like that. But I think sometimes when you get the experience, you realize that four nothing's really it. I mean, it sucks, but it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was definitely experienced from other game system, okay. but, uh, but maybe new skill ball. Very possible. Well, thanks for sharing the story, Mike. I mean, definitely what? everybody has one. So we love hearing all of the, the different rage quits. So we're talking about Masons in this episode. So we just kind of want to start off with like, why are you so drawn to Masons? What's their appeal? What do you love about them? So, I mean, why is this one of your favorite guilds? Sure. So I'll actually start with why I started playing Masons, uh, other than like random games earlier on. But I had started playing them as of last year's, uh, well, I guess technically this year, this past year's Captain Con. Um, and I had at that point been playing my engineers and been pretty deep on my engineers. And I legitimately decided I was going to start playing Masons because I, uh, I am not a good painter. However, I had put in some extra effort to painting the Masons and was decently happy with how they turned out. They were better than my normal really bad quality. So I started off just wanting to play them because they were actually decently painted. Uh, but okay. then I just kind of learned to love them from there i actually didn't do that well with them at captain con i just played them in a casual tournament and went like wanted to which is not my typical performance but then uh then i you know it was kept playing my engineers for a while and then i eventually sometime around the spring uh after one of the big spring tournaments i started flipping over and playing masons a lot more uh more regularly and since then um i guess what's drawn me to them 
is they are a very versatile team that and flexible team as as people may be aware that can that can really react to any situation and also can change up their game plan very dynamically uh which i love there's you never feel like you're forced into a certain type of uh play style you can switch from being very aggressive scoring to being very defensive uh to you know being very control based uh in a way um area like area control based with counter charges and whatnot so lots of options on the table um and they're both the captains are fantastic yeah so let me ask actually ask you about those captains uh, I, I do like the idea of the diversity in their play style, and Pete and I disagree. So you can tell us who's right and who's wrong. Sure. Pete is a big believer in honor. He thinks uh-huh. honor is going to be a heavy hitter. He likes the idea of playing that mini game of getting marbles on a model and then honor going and beating the brakes off of it. And I'm a big fan of Hammer. I, I think Hammer is the way to go. I like that you can kind of bluff out influence all over the table with the other models, pull it off, give Hammer all sorts of buffs that he can score or go heavy into melee. So I guess speaking about those matchups that you see, who do you, one, prefer? Who do you think is the A play? And two, what do you look for when you decide who Which to drop honor into and who to drop Hammer into? Um, so you are both right and wrong, uh, both of you, <laughs> okay. uh, because, because I actually, I rate honor and hammer almost equally. I can't say I particularly prefer one over the other. And if you actually look at, uh, the tournaments I've played in, they are, um, for at least the ones that, uh, that are up that have like captain ranking, which I think is a more recent, recent thing they've been including on the ranking system. But, um, just generally I typically do either two rounds with you know like two rounds with each or three rounds of one and one round of the other and it really varies between tournaments. I have gone tournaments where I've played just honor, tournaments where I played just hammer, tournaments mixed. Um, it definitely is a matchup iteration for me and I wouldn't say that I favor either one because they both I think both of the po- the points that you made up uh, for both captains are applicable and true. Um, and I don't think one necessarily trumps the other. Overall, do you decide to? Because Hammer is kind of like the hot drop right now. Ever since the Germans won with them, so when you are looking across the pitch, what kind of matchups are you looking to drop Hammer into? <laughs> Funny enough, I actually in the run up, and I know I know you guys wanted to talk maybe a little bit more about this, but in the run up to SteamCon, I actually created uh, totally based on my feelings and no actual hard data matchup matrix of. Which one, which one I would drop what into, um, and but it, to like generalize it, I like playing hammer into captains or teams that are looking to play a fighting game, uh, and honor plays into control matchups um, or scoring uh, captains that want to play a mainly scoring game. Honor also plays into most of the unpredictable captain which i guess you can't really you can't you know if it's a one or the other that doesn't necessarily like if you're for example playing union and you were gonna you were facing uh someone who was taking bet rage and uh season brisket that wouldn't be as important the unpredictable movement but if you were playing the main one is like alchemists both their captains have unpredictable movement 
and also have scoring control based, I would, you know, favor honor. So again, fighting, hammer, honor, uh, into more scoring and control matchup typically. So Chris and I just played a mirror match where we both played um, Masons. And after that game, I'm kind of leaning towards thinking that maybe Hammer is a little better in the mirror match. What are your thoughts on that? I disagree. That said, that said, I think it is definitely a very dynamic matchup. Actually, one of the reasons. So I hate mirror matches in any game that I play. Yeah, I it's like one of the worst things for me i just something about it uh i have literally switched guilds right before a tournament because i see that like 10 people are signed up with the guild that i'm playing and i don't <laughs> want to play mirror matches uh but one of the reasons i really enjoy masons is i actually think the mirror match is kind of fun i pick ham uh sorry i pick honor into the mirror match because honor versus honor is a very dynamic game and it's a scary game but it's interesting and there's a lot there's just a lot of gameplay there because there's just so much flexible, so many options on the board for both players. And then a lot of times, though, I see people pick Hammer into Honor, and I have yet to lose in when someone has picked Hammer into Honor. And my strategy, I'm going to say very simply, is that typically the opponent messes up, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> which is because I think there's a lot of there's a lot. With all the counter charge and that's on the table, there's a lot you need to do to play the game, you know, and not get um, caught out by something or not get into a situation that's bad for you. And every time I've seen someone playing Hammer, they're trying to leverage his, you know, beat faciness and they end up falling kind of into into a trap and giving away models or ball you know the ball or what or whatnot so uh that has been why i I have enjoyed honor more but i can't say that you know someone who is incredibly skilled with hammer wouldn't make it a a a good game yeah so in the nova finals you played brian white right yes and did you guys have were you both playing honor in that one do you have a similar uh, lineup in that uh yes we were both playing honor and we had one separate um one different choice otherwise it was a mirror and uh, that he had chosen he had taken tower and i had taken uh mallet we talked extensively uh about this game afterwards so kind of to summarize the game um very quickly i was had a pretty significant advantage on uh brian to be fair to him he had played a lot less mason games than i had at the time and he's a fantastic player so like the fact that he was there in on that game and was able to bring it back is awesome but like, so I had a decently large advantage on him, and I think the, I think it was about it was ten to seven after he he sorry it was ten to three he scores a goal to make it ten to seven it's the end of the turn, uh, and I kick out the ball and I kick out the ball to the absolute worst spot uh, and get like not a particularly great scatter but I basically kick the ball to a spot where it was still live um, for him so he was able to go ahead between honor and harmony and kill the monkey and score a goal to get the up to 12 points uh, before I can get the last takeout. And I had a, I had a knockdown uh, brick engaged by the monkey and like two other models and honor and honor was on six influence. So 
and he was already about half dead. So it was a very, uh, it was a very, it was a very uh, close game there. But one of the things we had talked about was the difference between in, in that matchup between picking Mallet and Tower. And he said afterwards that the uh, that he was like he really wishes he had taken Mallet in that matchup because the control that he brought uh, was really was really important. We we won't really focus so much on any more mirror matches, but. When you, what I'm taking away from this is you like to be able to put together an honor team that's going to deal well with the scoring and a hammer team that's going to deal well with melee. And depending on which way you think your opponent leans or what guild their playstyle leans toward, you're going to generally pick that to be able to balance against their strengths. Yeah, I'd say that's more or less true. I mean, so one of, like, Specifically with Hammer, what he's really good into are those super solo, want to take six influence captains that are going to do a lot of damage. Right? So not Shark in this, but Corsair, I think he's really good into Tapper. I think he's very good into Vet Rage. Um, but these captains that want to take a lot of influence and want to get a lot of work done and are you know, melee fighting based captains because he outfights them. Uh, yeah, it can out damage them, and the Masons as a team are pretty tanky. Excuse me, and have a lot of defensive options with countercharge, etc. Um, on the table. So generally, yeah, that's why a hammer is good. If I see an opponent who's going to have one of those types of captains or a very fighting based lineup, Honor is as she's so flexible is kind of more there for the for the other matchups, the control matchups, the scoring matchups. Or, you know, if I'm just not 100% sure where the opponent might go, if they have a couple different options on the table, and, you know, I, I want to be able to play against the control game or play against the scoring game, but if they have a fighting captain, I still want to, you know, be able to have a decent answer. And Honor is t- totally a decent answer to fighting captains as well. I just you, if, if I know that that's going to be coming, I would prefer well, I think it's because she takes some setup, whereas Hammer, you can just click and go, right? I mean, you just pull the influence yes. from somebody else and you just go. Yeah, exactly. So Hammer is so powerful because he self-buffs his damage, which very few other models do. Like, he self-buffs his damage and his threat range um, without requiring an extra activate. Like, you can. You could tool him up and do a bajillion damage, but he can also just take plus one damage, and he will basically just kill any like 14 health model in an activation as long as he can get there you know uh without a lot of shenanigans so before the buff to hammer did you like mostly play honor or were you still playing hammer even before he got the simplification and the buff to him when they changed it in the errata yeah so i played uh, i had a, a opponent a local opponent who played a lot of hammer back before uh season when it was season two so when hammer had his original playbook but he had the six max influence and i thought he was really powerful then he got you know nerfed in a way he got his reduction of power to the uh five influence cap max and i thought he was i thought he was he had some good game but i wasn't as excited about his um like just the way he played mainly for that is i thought like he had a lot of is he had the one thing that he did really well, which is he still killed people really well, but his playbook was very much on just that killing 
and he didn't have the legendary, uh, you know, as it is now. So he had, you know, the heroic, which I was never, ever, ever a fan of. It <laughs> took so much setup to do yeah. to get any benefit out of. Um, but switching over to the legendary and switching around his uh, playbook, even though it technically somewhat can reduce his damage in certain situations, it also makes him a lot more versatile. And I like it overall a lot better and a lot more. I, I if the playbook flows so much better for me. So the combination of the playbook and the heroic to legendary change made it a lot more of enjoyable captain to play, regardless of like his power level, which I think did overall increase. Yeah, the other thing that made me more interested in Hammer was the uh, change, actually just the more of the changes to other guilds, specifically the changes to the Shark and Alchemist and stuff, and the bringing those guilds a little bit down from being you know in prominence in vogue so to say definitely puts more space like for hammer to be to shine because those were those are guilds that i still don't think or rather the shark and the alchemist matchups are still not his favorite matchups so i think now that we see more diversity with other play styles other guilds being played uh that there's more space for him yeah, and now we just see captains that we didn't really see before early on in season three so i think that's made hammer more enjoyable too because he can you know do a lot of work and get you a lot of victories yeah there it, it does seem like the masons are going to thrive the more balanced the game is because they do have that diversity and what they're able to do it's speaking of what they're able to do and that diversity when you look at teams or you look at building a list for a tournament is there any models that you one think are like an auto include like somebody like flint maybe or are there any union models that you're like they're a must with my with your masons right now in my 10 what models do you look at and you're like those are the ones that really buff my union or excuse me buff my my masons so my current 10 for masons and i think i think there's a lot overall there's a lot of flexibility and i know a lot of people uh that i've talked to about masons and you know uh play definitely there's a lot of different models that get play and i think that's great and i think there are a lot of uh, viable options um my current 10 include is hammer honor marble uh and then we have brick mallet flint harmony one harmony two i said mallet tower and luck so no union uh, all Masons players, for, uh, okay. which is a which is an interesting thing because I usually I not want to skimp on the union choices, but uh, in Masons I particularly like the options that they have in Guild. So that would be my ten. I know a lot of people play Mist, uh, some people play Minks. I also think Decimates a model I would love to get in the ten if I had uh, room. But in regards to models that I'd say are auto includes, just clarifying do you mean like auto includes in the 10 or auto includes in like a six? those models that you're you find you're taking almost every single yeah so in your six sure. yeah sure so i have never played a game without mallet or brick i i mean that i can a uh, tournament game i've probably played a casual game yeah. but i have never played uh a tournament mason's game without mallet or brick that said i do know many people uh and there is one person on the on the Guild Discord who we joke about how we just get into uh, shouting matches, how we'll just get into shouting matches if we ever meet in real life because he doesn't rate Mallet particularly highly, and Mallet is my 
probably my favorite player. I like Matt uh, too. Oh my goodness, I just love him so much. He's just so versatile. He just he just basically automatically generates you for momentum, uh, and sets up the team, and can stop people from scoring, and does damage, and knocks people down, and and his football yeah. aura, and the football aura. Yeah, it's just everything. Anyway, so yeah, Brick and Mallet would be my closest thing to what you would say are auto includes, mainly because the kind of game I play does follow the typical stereotypical. Uh, like American meta style of being more like deliberately paced um, and control focused. So I like to, you know, potentially like explode out with a goal if if that's possible. But I also like to set up situations where I'm going to be, you know, creating a favorable board position while also uh, attacking the ball. So, you know, being able to swing those like six point activations or, you know, Four point activations followed by threatening another four point activation later on. Yeah, so threatening the ball. Yeah. A question we had from one of our local guys, Joe. Um, he's, sure. he's kind of getting into the Masons because I think he likes how uh, versatile they are. But he's he's kind of discouraged because he plays brick and he plays the monkey, and we we he doesn't get the counter charge. So he's like, why am I bringing this even if the counter charge doesn't trigger? So can you kind of speak to why that counter charge is important, even if you don't get it off each game? Um, sure, yeah. I mean, it's important because of several reasons. Uh, one, you, you know, the fact that someone who's spending all that careful time and consideration to shut down counter charge is spending a lot of time off their clock, um, and that could be leveraged to your advantage as the Masons player, um, certainly. It also just forces them to bring and this is something i found similarly with engineers for a totally different reason basically it forces your opponent to engage with you potentially not on their most favorable term so ideally an opponent wants to go into your models when they are going to either kill your models or score a goal and dodge out or you know do what they need to do but if you're dealing with counter charge and specifically double counter charge you need to be putting models engaged into melee with your with the Masons models. And you're not, especially like against Brick, you're not going to one round Brick with basically any model, maybe Thrasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to do the do the math on that. But um, very few models that, you know, in the game are gonna one round Brick. Yeah. Um, and now you're you have a model who's engaged with Brick in my line. Uh, so unless you're able to do that when I've already activated as the Mason player and don't have any influence left to really do anything, I'm going to be able to take advantage of that. So just the fact that your opponent has to, they, the fact that they have to go and shut off counter charge is kind of ceding a positional advantage to the Mason. Yeah, you're controlling them and making them do stuff they don't want to do. And that said, I you'd be surprised. I've played a you know a lot of really great players. There's a lot of really great players uh, up and down the East Coast, all the way from Virginia to uh, Massachusetts area. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten, I'd say, I very few Masons games where I don't get at least one in pretty decently important counter charge off. It's very hard to, uh, you know, provided that you are, you know, doing a good job. You know, you have a good job of positioning. Uh, brick and the monkey and you know so that they're within four of each other but also not easily able to be engaged by a single model and also that you're you know you're you're being very aware like 
spatially of where they're positioned to keep that counter charge live. I find it very rarely that I don't get at least one off um, unless my opponent is truly throwing models into them, at which point I just killed it off, yeah. um, which is also Okay. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about the models that a lot of people don't take. Sure. I, I don't see a lot of people play granite. That's one of the big questions that we got. I feel like there's not a lot of Wrecker fans out there, and I feel like a, not a lot of pe- people play chisels. So give us a little bit of breakdown on each one, maybe where you do see their strengths, what they, what you feel like they're missing in order to take them. What is it about those models that would get them on the table, I guess, a little bit more. I love Wrecker. We'll start with Wrecker. I love Wrecker. I think he is really good. Um, and I have played him, especially uh, on like when I just wanted to play Hammer for an event or something like that. I may just take him because I think he's he's you know quite good with Hammer. His biggest issue is just space in the 10-man lineup. But he's a fantastic model. And if you think you're going to play a decent amount of Hammer and you, like, you favor Hammer as a as a captain, I totally think would consider a spot in the 10 for him. Um, he is, yeah, he's a really good control model. Just be able to push models around, annoy strikers, get in the way of things. And he's just, he's just frustrating to deal with. Uh, I have also player, scored. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I just said as a brewer player, I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely, he's definitely annoying. Uh, two, three armor is fantastic. Any- <laughs> I think anytime you want to break up any sort of auras or scrum. support, some some sort of scrum, maybe uh, the engagements for someone like Grange or the engagements for Vet Rage, I think that there probably is some advantage with having Wrecker be able to reposition those models. So yeah, I think the biggest thing for him is I don't, while you can play him in Honor and he still does great things, I think Honor just she the monkey does absolutely so much for her um it really allows her to to do all the killing um that she is capable of doing so i would be very hesitant to put her to put wrecker with uh honor unless you were truly completely abandoning the whole idea of killing models and going for only three goals but um yeah and you're kind of tipping your hand there if you do that too yeah yeah so but that said i think he's good and i think he could be great in uh hammer uh, matchups. I love double counter charge, and I think it's really great. That said, I've also used Wrecker, and I've loved him as well. And I've scored a goal with him, a beautiful <laughs> ham, a beautiful hammer legendary goal. Oh, uh, yeah. When he was on one influence, he took some speed. He rollerballed. He got that goal. It was beautiful. Chisel. I really, I think Chisel could use some adjustments. She is an awesome model. I think when they. <laughs> When they changed the way Icy Sponges worked and they made the adjustments um, and they basically made it really... It, she's just really awkward to get her abilities because she yeah. has painful rage for 6 HP. She's crazy, but she has 13 health. So yeah. she doesn't get... like It just misses like her naturally crazying herself to get her down to uh, her painful rage. Doesn't really work because she has to crazy herself from seven down to four uh to to start benefiting from pandemic so it's more that her like with the changes that were made when they did the changes to crazy models uh, across the board and she kind of didn't get the associated changes that the rest of them got 
uh, just make her kind of awkward. That said, she has two inch reach. She's eight, you know, six eight movement, which is great. Attack seven when you go crazy, which is good, and a, ta- a momentous tackle on two. Um, so I think you know there she has she has some uh, you know some potential game. Like I wouldn't mind her into shark fish um, because while she is definitely killable by them, I mean if they're doing that, that's not momentous. So I'm not as I'm not as worried, um, and she can definitely uh, help with some of the ball control and and I, you know, getting saying, getting she, the ball back. I think she'd be good into uh, Alchemist too, just because she doesn't care about that unpredictable movement as much. But then she's also easy to kill, so conditions would take her out. So that's why she's I think so difficult to use. I, I also yeah, think I, that there are a couple of things that she really could use as far as changes that would make her a completely different model, like. There, there are three things that come to mind. The first is, I think her playbook is really long. Like, she never wraps. And she's got, like, seven columns. The uh, the painful rage, getting her all the way down to six is brutal. It would be nice if she had that painful rage as soon as she got to ten, maybe, or, or under ten, maybe nine or eight. And then the, the last thing is, she doesn't have a knockdown. So despite having this big two-inch weak two-inch reach weapon she she doesn't yeah she doesn't knock down anybody or anything like that so if somebody attacks you the (laughs) the huge ass hammer she has yeah (laughs) yeah i i mean i definitely think yeah she like i said when they made the crazy changes she kind of got left behind a little bit uh i think they can basically remove her one two three four fifth column and i think she would be just fine um and just have a six column long playbook her character plays, I think they could be like rejiggered a little bit yeah. um, <laughs> to be a little bit. They just don't feel great. Like no, no, they don't. Even if they do something, uh, yeah. Like I, I would love to see her get instead of sadism, just get life drinker. Um, That'd be oh, good. That, that would seems, be sweet. Yeah, that just seems like a better designed ability that kind of does the same thing, but is more active than this random aura. Yeah, other I mean other than that like I think I we've seen with the rookie players that she can have a uh, I mean, uh absolutely ridiculous uh <laughs> uh card. So I think if they they take some and then obviously tone it down to be more balanced, take some of the ideas from there and incorporating incorporate it the next time they take a look at her. Uh, she's she's another player that I consider she would be the 11th or 12th player on my lineup because there are some very niche situations where, where I would want her. Specifically, I think Sharkfish would be the time, only time I would see myself playing her. But that is a matchup that uh, Mason don't particularly like. So yeah, if if there was more space, she would be there. That said, like if you want to play her, I think you know there are some specific situations that she can be good in. I think the thing you have to watch out for is the fact that she is legitimately like. Uh, I'd say one or two uh, most fragile models in the game. Yeah, you sneeze uh, on her, she goes away. Between, yeah, basically. So you got to be real careful. Uh, and then, then granite. We got granite. Um, or as we like to call her, Lady Brick. <laughs> Lady Brick. <laughs> yeah. So I have I when granite first came out, I played her in a hammer lineup where it was hammer. It was hammer. Brick, granite, mallet, and tower, and it was like the what was the tankiest 
uh, Mason's lineup that I could play. Um, and it was fun. Um, probably not 100% competitively viable, but it was it was definitely fun. Um, and she does feel the biggest thing for her. I like. I think it's cool that they made this low move model that like supposed to have other ways to uh, to you know become mobile enough where she could be relevant. I think the couple of things that are holding her back is that it's pretty easy to control when you trigger between a rock. So you can kind of control her mobility. Uh, additionally, because all of her movement is jog, she and she has low defense. Uh, she is insanely vulnerable to fire uh, or knockdown or any condition that would uh, gun, slow gun or stop or her movement. Like gut and string, yeah, exactly. Um, any, well, which luckily only only one model besides, well, two models in the game have one of them being her. But still, yeah, so she's super vulnerable to being slowed down or being controlled with conditions. Uh, and also just like that four inch aura can be really difficult to consistently trigger. And I think another uh, problem yeah. she has too, is that there's a lot of models that already do what she does. For sure. I mean, I, I do like her, like the idea of her being in the middle of the fit and being field and being that tar pit, uh, not to call on her character <laughs> plays, but, uh, but like, I like the idea of someone who's sitting in the middle of field and gut and stringing models and, kind of forming the yeah and rough ground and kind of making this kind of forcing a scrum uh i just don't think she necessarily uh does it enough to warrant a spot i think some simple changes like giving her a two inch melee would be a great that would be really good. Uh, maybe switch uh, working on between a rock a little bit making it a little bit easier more generally triggerable might be um just giving her helpful. a little bit more movement yeah, just like an inch. Yeah, like yeah. If she was yeah, just a I, four six, that would be really helpful. Yeah, for sure. I think though, I think it's possible for that. I think they like specifically wanted to design her in that very specific way. I think, I mean, making her faster movement obviously would be huge uh, for making her more viable. But I think there is room to keep that kind of like exaggerated weakness that is there. But they just need to make her other mobility more yeah. reliable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because so, yeah. I've seen it with Wendell where, you know, they put mechanics to make his slow movement better and he has a two-inch reach. So, I mean, I think Wendell, like, they gave him some stuff to help you get around his slow movement, whereas I feel like she doesn't have as, as many tools as he has to, to move around. Yeah, I would love her. I think she would be pretty awesome with two-inch melee and stop slacking yeah. or whatever it's called. Uh, well, she's not lazy like Wendell, so I don't think that fits fluff-wise. Honestly, as I, I look at her playbook. I mean, really the most valuable thing she has is that momentous knockdown on two. Yeah. That, like, that, that is the only thing that I'm like, wow, that's really nice to have. Like, the, it's not like she has a lot of attack. It's not like she has great defense. Uh, her kick is... M- it's average. Less, well, it's less than average when you consider how slow she is, right? So. Oh, I mean, she's not scoring goals. Yeah, she's, she's not going <laughs> to score goals. So you might as well give her like a two kick, you know, a, a two six kick or something like that. Yeah. Just because she's at six inches and five inch run, she's never going to score goals anyway. I I think that she will benefit a lot though from the new deployment when they allow you to put a model on that midline 
I think that might help her out a lot because then she's able to take that benefit of, you know, setting out the foundation and then uh, from there you're already where you kind of want to be. Yeah. Sure. I think if uh, those deployment rules ever become uh, become a thing, uh, and I will, will save my opinions on those deployment <laughs> rules for a different – different podcast you can listen to another podcast i'll be glad to oh talk you, you about can go and do on. your yeah, shameless give, plug man give, give your give your plug go ahead we want, we uh, want sure it. uh yeah so just just a heads up for everybody i also uh do uh have started a podcast me uh myself jared mcgraw and chris shagel i uh, have a podcast called anatomical precision where we uh we attempt to uh have like a conversational competitive focus gameplay focus uh, podcast. We have two episodes so far. Um, one of them you get to hear plenty of barking from uh, my awesome dog, uh, my <laughs> awesome lad. Uh, but we, since then we have we have fixed that some you know, somewhat. Uh, I just kick her into the other room. I don't kick her, but like I kick her out. Kick her out, yeah. Uh, into on, the other room. But yeah, podcast, so I do all the barking. That's true. No bite, nice. just barking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely give us a give us a listen if you're interested. Uh, we're on Podbean, iTunes, all all that. Yeah, I, stuff I, I will Facebook say about page. your podcast, uh, Mike. I think you guys do a good job of really the competitive scene and breaking it down and like how can you counter this or what do you want to bring for that. So I think if you're a competitive player, I would really recommend Anatomical Precision because you guys do a good job of breaking that stuff down. Thanks. And we yeah we happen to have uh, I mean Jared, uh, Chris, and myself actually we have all uh, done a number of rounds uh, around the I mean Jared's gone quite far he's gone all the way over to uh, Belgium but uh, in general we've we've done a number of rounds around like I'd say the regional you know northeast eastern mm-hmm. seaboard uh, Jared's gone you know uh, over to the like Virginia Bourbon Trail Open all that stuff and Chris in Ohio so like we've done a, a number a bunch of traveling. Uh, and have seen a bunch of different uh, metas and how they play. So uh, it definitely gives a unique perspective. So, Chris, I'm going to give you one more question. So think about it real quick, what you want to ask Mike. But So just kind of speaking to that, Mike, I'm going to kind of get my last shot in here. So Chris got me into this during Season 3, so that's why I'm kind of – we're newer onto the scene because we're just getting into it. And we're getting really excited about going to – like we got a team for the ATC – uh, we already talked to Bill. We're going to get into the spring fling. So, I mean, we're trying to get more Southern meta into the game. And we even have some of our guys going up to SteamCon. So, I mean, you can check out. Hopefully, you'll be able to see, like, Jake Smith's supposed to be up there. Uh, Mike Rhodes is going up. And he's actually going to be in that um, last chance qualifier. So, my question to you, though, is what are you most looking forward to at the SteamCon coming up? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um I am super excited for Steampunk coming up. And yeah, so I'm excited about many things. I'd say overall, I'm most excited about meeting up both with all of the people that I know from either online or from tournaments, from other, you know, events that I've been to and just getting a chance to, you know, spend a weekend of playing games and, you know, uh, carousing and having, you know, good times with, with friends, uh, Definitely, you know, love the chance to get to see the Chicago guys again. It's been a while since I've seen uh, Pat and Alex uh, and uh, Vince and all of them. Uh, so that would be great to see everybody and to meet new people as well, for sure. Uh, I love love meeting people and getting 
you know, just to enjoy the game and hobby that I uh, like with people. So I think that's probably overall my favorite. I am very excited uh, to, you know, take this LCQ uh, seriously and put in my all to see how I do. Uh, hoping to do well, but also totally cool with once I scrub out, um, being able to relax and uh, spend the rest of the weekend playing blacksmith uh, because that is my plan. Once I, one, <laughs> if I uh, if I do not qualify for the U.S. Nationals, it's going to be blacksmiths all weekend. I'm super <laughs> excited for them. Yeah. So was um, <laughs> was Jared just on uh, Double Dodge? He was. He was. I say he actually picked you as his dark horse for the uh, for the last chance qualifier. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a dark Jared, horse uh, only, huh? Like I think you're the front runner. Well, on that. because there's a lot of big names in that tournament, so I think even just being mentioned in that's kind of an honor, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I I, I like your chances in that tournament. Just to keep it real with you, but. Uh, so what's your last question? Okay, so so my last question is this. One thing that I've noticed is I feel like these blacksmiths are going to be the Masons 2.0. That they're kind of able to do all of the creative things that the Masons are able to do. They've got more armor. They've got more creative scoring options. Uh, What are your thoughts on that concept? That these blacksmiths might actually just be a more amped up version of the Masons? Um... I could definitely see why people would think that. Like, they have a lot of, uh, like, surface-level similarities. You know, lower defense, higher armor, flexibility, right, that both teams have. I think they accomplish it in different ways. And I think the construction of the blacksmiths with the always having the 12 influence, always having the master apprentice, um, not having... The biggest thing I'll say is that blacksmiths do not have superstar captains that can uh, just go in and do a bajillion things. Um, they have, don't get me wrong, they can have good captains like Ferrite with five influence can do a lot, Agreed. but not to the level that um, either Hammer or Honor can really do. So I think they rely more on those like intermodel synergies, uh, which is another big thing. They have a lot of um, like positional model synergies like your masters your apprentice you know tutelage you know the character plays that benefit them and all those kind of you know so i think that's a big part of their game which while masons do have some aspects of that i mean like you know honor and harmony uh but they don't have necessarily this it's not done in the same way and i think masons still have some unique aspects them mainly the activations um shenanigans that are quite unique, unique,ly um, done, and I think separate them enough from blacksmiths. But I can definitely see why people say. I think once they've played it more, though, you'll see that the teams kind of both use flexibility and like a flexible game plan and try to be very versatile. But blacksmiths will use that typically to go for more goals, while I think masons kind of uh, sit more in the Two two four one, uh, game plan. Okay, right. I'm yeah. actually oh, wait. I'm gonna yeah. actually cheat and ask you one more question <laughs> though, just because sure. we're not gonna be able to have you on all the time. Guild <laughs> identity cards. Which one is your go-to? So we'll, we'll keep this one pretty short. Uh, I will admit that I've only played like one or two tournaments with guild identity cards. Not because I don't like them. I actually I think they're pretty cool. I'm, I'm I'd say I'm agnostic to them. I think they're cool, but I wouldn't be 
heart, uh, heartbroken if they didn't make if it. If they into, just go away. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, less strong opinions than I have on uh, the alternate formation. That said, my favorite uh, GIC for Masons, tactical flexibility. I loved it when it was before end of activation. I think that one's a really cool one if you're looking to really... I think that four-inch dodge can be really uh, cool in allowing you to kind of do these interesting like yo-yos or, or like bring models, you know, kill a model and then be able to reposition yourself so that you're threatening something else. So that probably would be the one I would want to take if I really want to have a cool dynamic effect. But built to last is also opposite. All right. So, Mike, <laughs> is there anything you want to plug or anything else you want to say before we let you go? I mean, you know, the challenge is still open, guys. I know you're uh, starting to look out and, you know, look out to get into the larger, more regional Trying to get scene. Out of I think you guys I think you guys need to get out of your puddle. Um, not even a pond. <laughs> it's not even a pond. It's a puddle down there. Well, you, I mean, I guess, you know, it is it is pretty, more, you know, like humid and moist down there in, oh, in, in the is. Carolinas. <laughs> so I guess it is it's probably a swamp, a swamp. right, of some sort. <laughs> Uh, so I will, yeah. I will agree with that. I mean, definitely the first time I run into you, man, I definitely want you to to smash my farmers or at least to, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a tough game though. No, no, for sure. I I legitimately have very I've only played against Grange, uh, so I'm ready to get my like ass handed to me by <laughs> Thresher. Um, Do you think you're I have some see a lot of that in uh, in SteamCon? You think you're gonna see a bunch of those? I think you'll see a decent amount. I am not. I'm. I think on the whole. Um, with few exceptions, like for example, bots being a big. I think there's going to be a large difference between somebody who really has mastered the farmers and Agreed. somebody who is playing the farmers and uh, you know picking them up. I am not afraid of of like this. Is not to like shit upon anybody's uh, <laughs> skill level here. Yeah. Like I, the average player who's just picking up farmers. And they may I, would, be like, I would not be scared of an average player either. Yeah, I'm not scared of them because there's just so much positional requirements to make them really exactly. sing um, that I feel like there will be mistakes made just because it's a, it's a hard guild well, to play. I, I, think that, at minimum, I am scared. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. You can go ahead. I was, I was going to say I am scared of, uh, uh, always scared of someone like Alex Botts playing uh, Thresher. So I've been putting a lot of brain power into thinking about uh, that unfortunately I haven't really got great chances to play anybody since the model isn't uh, I mean Thresher himself is is available but the full team hasn't really been available and I don't know a lot of people who love proxy so. yeah so what I was going to uh, say see how is at minimum you're going to probably see us because I, I think you said you're not sure about the ATC right uh, at this point unfortunately um, the ATC falls I would have to leave uh, for the ATC on my girlfriend, uh, fiance's birthday. Yeah, that's never good. Um, so that's yeah, that is officially. We it was on the fence. Uh, it has officially been voted down. Um, I'm doing a decent amount of travel, so you won't see me at the ATC, unfortunately. You will at least see us though. We're gonna travel up to the Spring Fling this year. We're we'll actually gonna yes. we're actually gonna talk to Bill about it early December, right? Yeah. And yeah, then Bill, Bill's actually going to be. We on also the show. we want to go to that Bourbon Trail Open if they have it again this year because that looked like an awesome time. Yeah, I would love to get out to that. I, I missed it last year, but I would love to get out to it this, this coming year if it if it happens again. Yeah, so we'll link up though because I know that you Virginia guys or not you Virginia guys, but you guys on the East Coast like to travel to those things. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I 
I travel pretty. De- I, I'd say I get the majority. The majority of my games end up being tournament games, just because uh, we can go into a whole thing about this. But gaming in like the New York metro area is a very fickle thing. Hmm. Um, so it is. I, I end up relying a lot on uh, on the somewhat the local, but not necessarily next door metas to uh, get a lot of my games. Okay. Well, we just want to thank you for coming on our show, Mike. It's been great talking with you, and I think you've definitely given uh, the listeners a lot to think about as far as Masons go. You've given me a lot to think about. I so know, right? You. Our mediocre yeah, Mason play. <laughs> glad to uh, contribute my uh, strong opinion. <laughs> All right. We'll <laughs> let you go. Have a great night. All right. So I think in the interview we answer most of these questions. I am going to apologize, though, because we got a lot of good information and I didn't want to break it up with kind of name dropping. So those of you that um, ask questions, they got answered in this interview, but we didn't always, I, I don't think we really name dropped just because we wanted to keep the interview going. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind, guys. Also, just kind of a reminder, we're, we got a Facebook page now for Rage Quit Wire. Yep, Rage Quit Wire Facebook page. We're going to try and post updates through that and then maybe share those posts on the guild ball supporters group yeah we also got so give us a like and we also got the twitter with uh rage quit wire yep and we're on itunes so give us a rate there uh we definitely need more rates on there just because Ratings, right now we got one follow and download subscribe all that good stuff please help us out and we would we would definitely love that so yeah i think that's it for us on this one and we're gonna sign off yeah all right so we'll talk to y'all later take it easy 